a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave's X Media. Thalia lowered her head. Annabeth gulped down a sob, and her father put his hands on her shoulders. I watched as Artemis cupped her hand above Zoe's mouth and spoke a few words in ancient Greek. A silvery wisp of smoke exhaled from Zoe's lips and was caught in the hand of the goddess. Zoe's body shimmered and disappeared. Artemis stood, said a kind of blessing, breathed into her cupped hand, and released the silver dust to the sky. It flew up, sparkling, and vanished. For a moment, I didn't see anything different. Then Annabeth gasped. Looking up in the sky, I saw that the stars were brighter now. They made a pattern I had never noticed before. A gleaming constellation that looked a lot like a girl's figure. A girl with a bow running across the sky. Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parent. I'm Ray from Cabin 12. And I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. And Ray, I'm I'm a bit sad um, right now. Yeah? Um, I for, wonder ever why. <laughs> well, I mean, not just because of the chapter, but also because we've had people call, call in sick for the past three <sighs> chapters. Yeah, it's... Um, it's just that time the, of year. It's the season. Yeah, tis the fucking season. Like, holy shit. Being sick sucks so bad. Yeah, well, I've also been sick, like, for most of this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, there's that. Yeah. But I've still been potting because I don't like to not, is the problem. That's I don't because like you're stop. an insane person, and this I is am. the way you act. <laughs> Listen, is it, is it correct to say that I'm manic? Is that I don't I don't want to use the the wrong terminology and like is, I feel like manic like can be used as like a specific terminology but it's also like a I don't know it's one of those words that probably was like exclusively a medical term and then became part of the common culture in a way that that was bad and then became so overused that it became like yeah, kind of mundane. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the term would be for me is that I just I need to have a project going on <laughs> at all times so that like because if I'm just if I have idle time then I get really depressed I, I see I see this is this is how I I have to do things because then I will just stare at the TV for like five hours and be like what am I doing hmm. oh that's just my existence babe <laughs> see maybe that means you need more projects in life but when I have projects it's worse because I don't do them and that makes it real bad. Bro, maybe maybe you need help. Oh, you are so right. <laughs> but y'all don't come here for that. You come here for Percy Jackson. <laughs> well, this is also just a sad chapter anyway. So that's why we're talking about why we need therapy right now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say that like taylor sends her regards she she yeah. picked last chapter to be on and then i was like just come next chapter it'll be okay she's just really sick right now so yeah taylor I, we love you i hope you're feeling better by the time this is out the, like the <laughs> i curse, mean you better be the curse of this podcast should have been lifted by now i don't know why she's still getting sick constantly it's it's our fault apparently <laughs> like like 
We need to save her from this podcast, but we can't because Taylor already picked which chapters she wants to be on in the next book and the book after that. Okay, I picked the one for the next book because her birthday is on a Thursday. Uh, mm, And I was mm. like, you got to be on for whatever chapter your birthday lands on. (laughs) So cute. That's a requirement. (laughs) Uh, Why did I open my book? We're not even going to the book yet. Um... What what happened in this chapter? Who said goodbye? We don't say goodbye oh, yeah. yet. This is not a, the end of the friend. book. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when uh, someone, uh, I I I don't know how to make that joke. I was trying to make some kind of joke. Uh, Zoe went off to the <laughs> the big uh, football field in the sky. I don't know. I think she went what to the hunting say when your hamster dies. Wait, yeah. Wait, technically, that that is an afterlife, isn't it? That's like one of the Native American ones, like the Happy Hunting I Grounds. I'm not familiar with it, but I I'm I pretty sure it. I've I've heard of it. Yeah, that sounds like a thing. <laughs> Zoe definitely went there because, like, she's a hunter. So, hey, hey, God. <laughs> Anyways, so in this chapter. Uh, where a friend says goodbye. Um, Annabeth gives her dad a hug. <laughs> Very important. Um, you should all give and- your dad a hug right now. Everyone, <laughs> if you don't have a dad, well, then I will give you a hug virtually through this podcast. Okay. There or you if go. your dad sucks, then I am punching him in the face virtually through this podcast. And also, I'm still giving you a hug through this podcast because yeah, you both. need one. <laughs> it's both. Both um, is the answer. Meanwhile, Zoe is dying and stuff. Um, she not all men's Percy, like those exact words. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, oh my god, they literally do that fucking that fucking comic that's always on Tumblr where like a, a dog dies and uh, death is like he's he's like, was I a good boy to the Grim Reaper? And the Grim Reaper's like, no, you were the best. <laughs> that's, that's what happens in this chapter. Anyways, we got a new constellation. I didn't know that was like a thing. (laughs) I'll have to see if I can find it for you. It gets memed so fucking often because it was because it's a good comic. Anyways, that makes me feel things. I don't want to feel feel things right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucked up, right? Well, yeah. Well, get get into the mood, bro, because we're gonna be feeling things all all the time. That's that's all we have now. That's all that happens this chapter. I'm depressed. I can't feel emotions. Um, yeah, so I hope astronomers enjoy their new constellation. Um, Artemis negs Percy one last time, and then she heads off to Olympus. Uh, and then, the most important thing, our boy Blackjack returns. He is the true hero of this book, TBH. Uh, Annabeth has some feelings about her family, and she and Percy have a little talk. Uh, Annabeth says that Luke isn't dead, and she also explicitly compares her relationship with Percy with her relationship to Luke, so that's awkward. No! (laughs) And then they cross the entire continental US overnight, so them horses are pretty fast. And now the Solstice Council is starting. And that's the whole chapter. It was another short one. We are definitely in the wind down now, but, you know, we gotta get through some of them goddamn loose ends. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just, this, this sure, this sure was a, was a chapter. And for once, I actually finished reading it before I started the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were like practically both on time today. Like, when does that happen? <laughs> Um, never. The answer is never. It doesn't. <laughs> I showed up. You were ready. What exactly. the heck? 
For context, like, I'm usually reading the chapter as I start the Zoom call, and then Ray is, like, five minutes late because they're making tea or something. Yeah, this time I had tea before the episode, so I'm gonna run out of fluids, which isn't great, but... (laughs) I'm already out of water, and we just started. (laughs) Maybe we'll take a water break in the middle. (laughs) Bro, this chapter is so short, we might not have a two-hour episode for once. Okay, guys, if this episode is short, I'm sorry, but you can deal with it. We had like several two hour recordings before this, so I know we had some long ones in there. Yeah. Right now we're just padding it's up just the time us. by We've explaining got, like, too much. A couple pages. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, okay, well, I don't even have that big of um a myth section this week, but in case you missed it, but um but um <laughs> so um I mean, I'm, I'm just going to talk about, like, a couple different star myths. What's really great is that I found a Wikipedia page that is just called Star Lore. I which, love this. Star Lore. Like, the Marvel character? Yes. Yeah, Star Lore, but, like, better than Star Lord. Because <laughs> fuck him. We don't need that. Um, We're talking about Chris Pratt because we don't like him as a person. <laughs> you know, the crisp rat. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> the crispiest of rats. Uh, Yeah. You know, you know, there's there's just a few different myths where people get turned into fucking stars. I like I like this as like context for the chapter. Like I'm 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 excited. Is there there needs to be like a specific word for getting turned into a star? Yeah, I bet there is in the Greek. There should be. Um, but sometimes things just happen and you don't make a word for it. But (laughs) you know, I I would. I will say that, like, getting turned into, like, a bunch of stars is your constellation prize. But, um, shh, for real. <laughs> oh, I did think of that one just, like, off the cuff. So <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh... Yeah, so we got we got a few ones here. Um, I believe I've mentioned Orion before. Indeed, that fucker. <laughs> that yeah, he's quite a fucker. Also, Artemis relations going on here. Hey. Right? Wow. Yeah. So Orion, we know that he kind of harassed um Artemis's besties a lot. So let's see. Fuck boy. Yeah. There's. I believe it's that. Um. Whenever he was killed. Is it is it how he's killed in relation to the scorpion, or is it just like regardless of how he's killed? Because I I know there are different versions of how he's killed. Sometimes it's like Artemis killed him. Sometimes it's Apollo who kills him. But this one, um, the wiki page here is insinuating that uh they saw the stars, named them Orion and the Scorpion, and then noticed that they were, like, facing each other and then wrote a story about that. I don't know that you can say for certain that that's the the way that that happened in, like, order, but (laughs) it's an interesting theory. That's probably what happened. Um, God, I wish I had rewatched the OSP video on, like, Mm. Orion before this. I, in preparation for this recording because I know that Red has like some like theory about things right. based on like where the Scorpion and Orion and also the Pleiades because that's mm. who Orion is chasing after in the myths mm. um, based on where all those things are in the sky like I don't know it does seem like they're all kind of chasing after one another so right like I don't necessarily like it makes sense to me that you would like uh, make folklore based on what you already saw in the stars. But it's, you know, the, the mythology normally puts it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> this happened, and so there are stars. 
about it. Yeah. So at least in this specific version on this page that I'm reading, it's talking about how the time he was killed by the scorpion, Scorpius. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like, very <laughs> aptly named Scorpion. Um, not to be confused with Scorpius Malfoy. <laughs> Incredible. I Now you're making me think about that etymology. Like, are scorpions in English named after the Greek Scorpius? Like, um, do we, do I, do we need to, like, look that up real quick? Like, like, <laughs> we, we could try and see if we can find it. We, we, we probably have the time. Let's see. Uh, I don't really want to look at the pictures on the Scorpion page etymology um yeah probably it probably was was from that um funk yeah nice yeah a few different words that like looked kind of like that scorpius the greek version which looks (coughs) it looks more like it says scorpios it's got a k in it um And then there's, and then the French versions gave it the N. So all right, well, you, you, you that just sure like, was a mystery that we just solved. <laughs> they there was Greek, then Latin, then they Frenchified it and made it English. There you go. As you do, yeah, it wasn't really much lang- of a mystery. We kind of just figured it out. <laughs> the English language, everybody. <laughs> yep. Put it all together. Yeah. Um. Da, 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 da. Does it say that? What is the other connection between like why? Why was Scorpion also? Why was Scorpius also placed in the sky is my question. Like, Mm. just, 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 just why? I I am confused about why that happened. Um, I'm also pretty sure that the gods specifically made the scorpion kill Orion too. Like, the gods really wanted to get rid of this guy because he's an asshole. (laughs) I pulled up the Scorpius page and what it says is that uh, they sent the scorpion after Orion. And so the reason it would be in the stars, as far as I can tell, is that he's still fleeing from it. It's still just chasing him. Mm-hmm. And so the scorpion didn't do anything like super cool or whatever. It's just for killing Orion. But also, why the fuck is Orion in the fucking sky? Because let's not forget <laughs> that the women he's chasing are also in the sky. The mm-hmm, Ple- mm-hmm. the Pleiades, like they're each a different star. So so he's chasing them, and the scorpion is also chasing him. Like like this is just like so many levels of fucked up right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that the scorpion is chasing him at least. I think I think <laughs> the he's chasing scorpion. Him is uh doing a service yeah, to us all because goodness gracious he um yeah i just i i hate orion um we can move on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then we also have, uh, this, this literally just says, like, Andromeda, when I'm like, but isn't it, it's, it's technically Andromeda, um, both of her parents and Perseus, I believe, were all made into stars after the end of I see. that whole story. Um, cause remember, Perseus gets the best ending of any hero. <laughs> and it's that, like, well, the, the only sad thing, I guess, that happened to him is he killed his grandfather, but also his grandfather, like, sucked ass, so, like, who cares? Yeah. So, he got to, he got the girl. Um, he killed the beasts, he saved his mom, and then the gods were like, hey, you can be, like, a constellation, bro. And so is your, <laughs> your girl's also gonna be a constellation. Um, so, I see, Good I see, him. I see no problems here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, Andromeda's constellation is specifically known as the Chained Woman. Um, that is kind of fucked up to me, because let's not forget that, like, her, her whole thing is that, like, she was chained to a rock to be sacrificed right, to yeah, a sea yes. monster. <laughs> And then now for eternity, she is just chained to a rock in the stars, I guess. Um, I, I, I wouldn't like it if that's what's going on up there. 
<laughs> I that's feels like that's what it's insinuating to me. Um uh yeah, um I opened up her page as well and that's how she is pictured as just like up there with some chains. So great. We we should uh remember that uh generally these things would not be thought of as literal. It's more like a representation of her yeah. as a person and her story. This so I fair. guess that's why it would be like that. Don't think of it as she is up there and also chained cuz that's too fucked up for my brain. <laughs> I'm going to think of it as that way because that's how I'm interpreting it. Okay? <laughs> Because the gods are fucked up like that, and they would do that shit. And then Perseus, our boy, um, he's like, um, in I went to his page, and he's represented in like you know his most heroic way, where he's like just killed Medusa. He's holding her head in this image here. Mm. He's got the mm-hmm. sword. He's got the winged sandals. He's got all of his good shit. And, like he's having the time of his life, about to go save her. I guess. I see. <clears throat> fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, not great. Um, how are her parents represented? Um, cuz uh, I know both of them also get up there. <coughs> At least more people know Andromeda the constellation than the Perseus constellation. Yeah. <laughs> At least she has that. I believe um I want to say his constellation can sometimes be represented in different ways too. Mhm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Most constellations Without with all the light pollution, they do not look anything like some people up there. Yeah, no. You're like that is four stars. Yeah, it's pretty it's most, sad. It's really sad. Um, Cepheus just looks like a dude. That's Andromeda's dad. Mm. I mean, he looks kind of like a king- kingly dude, I guess. Sure. Um, Cassiopeia. Uh, oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. her constellation also has her, like, chained up. What's what's Cassiopeia's deal? Because that's one of the constellations I actually know and can find, like, uh, uh, pretty so easily. So, I know she, what did she say to Poseidon that made him angry? Um, she said that she and her daughter were more beautiful than, um, his, his whole, like, girl, girl gang. Like, Poseidon's, um, like, band of girlfriends, the Nereids. <laughs> I see. That, Big that's, oof. What, that's what I call them, is his band of girlfriends, because they're just <laughs> his court or whatever. Yeah, so Andromeda has n- had nothing to do with it, and yet <laughs> she was sacrificed to the sea monster. I, and then, I do hate and all of that and yeah. how people do that. The mythologies. How come gods gotta be assholes? Yeah. And then, you know what? I'm glad that Cassiopeia actually gets to, like, be tortured as a star then. Because this <laughs> this is insinuating that when she becomes a constellation, um, she, beca- she gets chained to a throne in the stars, I guess. So, huh. yeah. I, I think Kinda she... Kind of fucked up wild... I, you know what? You don't compare yourself to, like, the gods or the gods' girlfriends. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like, Poseidon is kind of fucked up in his own way, but, bro, don't don't be mean to the gods. They will get even. And also, yeah. you did this to your own daughter. Like, especially the fact yeah, that Yeah, no, that's, that. that's where I'm at. It's like, uh, excuse me, even if he says, go sacrifice your daughter, I know, I know what the Bible says, but don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, don't go sacrificing. I don't think that the Greeks were following what the Bible says, but <laughs> that's what I think of what I do: <clears throat> sacrificing children, because that's you know my history. I think <laughs> of um uh in the Trojan War when uh 
Agamemnon, um, who sacrificed his daughter Iphigenia, um, so that the Greeks could sail to Troy. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, literally, there is only one version of the story where she doesn't die, and it's where Artemis saves her. Hmm. So girls gotta stick together. Like technically, he is um sacrificing her to Artemis. So I prefer the ending where it's uh, like Artemis is like, bro, bro, no. Uh, what the no. fuck are you doing? Like, uh, no, this is my girl now. <laughs> You can't, you can't have her back. That's fucked up. <laughs> I feel like the point of this was that, like, no, you shouldn't sail to Troy. Not that you <laughs> should sacrifice your daughter. It's that you shouldn't fucking go. Don't do it. Um, just, bro, just don't do it. Yeah, so. They didn't have a cool coat like Percy to sacrifice instead. Like They didn't. No, nope, nothing cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Andromeda and her family. And then the last one is, I believe I talked about this in a recent episode um, when we talked about uh, Ladon. Mm -hmm. So the Draco constellation, which is just, it's just a dragon. Um, I think it just looks like a snake dragon, pretty sure. Yeah, it it just looks like a snake. (laughs) So this makes me think of uh, last episode where I was trying... Because because uh, Zoe has, like, a whole thing where, like, I can't see the stars. And then this chapter, she has a whole thing where she's like, I can see the stars again. Uh, and yeah. then we all feel very emotional about that. Her sisters are all stars. I was trying to make it a thing about the hunters. Like, no. Her whole family, her her cool dragon pet, they're all stars. Like, even if they're still over there. Like, You're obviously correct. she would have a connection to them. I'm... <laughs> I mean... So I did not think of it like that before. <laughs> the Hesperides are not stars, but her sisters, the Pleiades, are all stars. Mm-hmm. Ladon is technically this constellation of Draco. Even though, once again, I I prefer the Ladon where he has like a million heads. Right. And he looks it's, like it's spaghetti. It's more like they're like, we have a cool dragon. There's a cool yeah. dragon in the sky. We'll just make him be the cool dragon in the sky. And they're like, he doesn't yeah. actually look like that, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like my plug for this episode, like, I know it's not plug time any- yet, but, like, my plug is going to be to really just watch the, um, OS- overly sarcastic productions video about, um, the Zodiac, because, mm. like, Re- Red just, like, really talks about how, um, the Greeks were just like, hey, look at those, like, constellations and how the Mesopotamians had, like, these really cool stories, like, that actually, like, went with them. We're just gonna be like- um, oh, that constellation's a bull? Yeah, we got a ton of bulls. Um, I guess it's one of those. Yeah. Like, the Greeks didn't really try. <laughs> like, uh, it's folk- folklore. Things happen as they happen, I guess. <laughs> like, is it, is it, it's fucking Pisces, I think, that's just, like, two fish that are tied together. Uh-huh. Yeah, Greeks, why? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you didn't try at all. But yeah, I guess this is the version when he dies, so that Ladon is put into the sky. Makes sense. I love that. Cool. Well, I guess... Oh, oh, there's a there's a Roman version. Okay, um... He's... I... What? What? I feel like this is fake. That sounds wrong. <laughs> it's like, Draco was one of the titans who waged war on the Olymp- Olympian gods. It says Olympic gods. Uh, correction. It should say Olympian gods. <laughs> he was killed by, by Minerva in battle and thrown into the sky. That doesn't make sense for a number of reasons to me. Huh. Um, like, I mean, Draco is Latin. Okay, that 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 makes sense. Uh, just adding on that he's one of the titans. I've never heard of this titan before. And Minerva is not a war goddess. Like, like she's the Roman version of Athena, but she's specifically not a war goddess. She is like weaving and crafting so the fact that there's some bleed over maybe uh the fact that she killed this dragon in battle makes me question whether or not this is real (laughs) 
the citation for this is not uh it's just it's just a website that i've never heard of uh-huh. about constellations hmm. well sometimes things are wrong as i have seen on osp videos where sometimes people just make up mythology <laughs> And then cite each other. (laughs) Yeah, that goddess that Tumblr created. uh, Yeah. (laughs) God, that's the the other thing about that Zodiac video, where Red just goes off on a tangent about the goat fish that that a bunch of people just made up a mythological story for that makes no fucking sense. I want just people. But yeah, no, that's- Anyways. This just seems like a thing that some person on Wikipedia faked- uh, I could be wrong. If if, if there is a source for it, then we didn't see it. Like I'm, the, I kinda... the source is a website. It is not a like you know paper. Yeah. So I don't know if I trust it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this fucking chapter of sadness. Uh, yeah. It, uh, before we went into the <laughs> Roman stuff, it was a good transition because we kind of br- bring it back to to our stories all late on and whatnot. Uh, doing uh, killing. Anyways, oh, happy things first. We get dad hugs. (laughs) Yeah, my God. Annabeth's just like, dad, you were fucking badass, basically. (laughs) Am I wrong? That's basically what she wanted to say. (sighs) Seems about right. She says it was the most amazing thing. And we do learn. And then she asks the real questions. My questions. Yes. As in, where the fuck did you get those bullets? I told you exactly <laughs> what it was. You said armor. He says weapons in here. So, I was, um, I was, <laughs> you know. No, no, you're correct. <laughs> I was extrapolating being, because I was trying I'm to. I'm being purposefully obtuse. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to like find a way for your question to have a good answer because I hadn't, re- I didn't remember exactly what this chapter said. Well, who would? It's just a, a little thing. But, um, what's interesting is that um, because I was I was like, hey, if he melted down some of Annabeth's stuff, then that's like fucked up. He melted down stuff that she left behind when she ran away from home as a small child and then never came back and started living at a summer camp. <laughs> so like, I, it's it's reasonable to assume that she didn't like particularly want them <laughs> right then. So I'm not like mad at him. Is all okay. I'm saying. Okay, the last <laughs> this time, is reasonable. The last time she ran away, which time? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that 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 would have been like when she, that would have been um ah like before Percy, but like mm-hmm. after Thalia because she did try. Interesting. To- yeah, she did say that she tried to go back home. Yeah, they specifically say Virginia here, which like I don't know where she that, lived that's, when. But- that's where she always lived before. Okay. She okay. she was like from Virginia. But yeah, if if it was if it was half-blood weapons, it would have been after she went to camp for a little bit. So I assume it's like in the in between like after Thalia died but before she met Percy because she didn't run away after Percy told her to like, "Hey, maybe try again with your family." She didn't run away. She just didn't go. Yeah, home? yeah, yeah. To California, at least. Right? Yeah. Okay. It was just a little experiment. <laughs> My God. He's a he's a mad scientist? Yeah. Percy explicitly says he was an excellent mad scientist at heart, which, like, those were exactly the vibes that we mentioned picking up on when he was introduced, so. Yeah, this is We're true. just lampshading that now. Um, I, I could imagine him just, like, hanging out with, uh, with Dr. Jekyll and Victor Frankenstein, who is not a doctor. Ahem. <laughs> <laughs> Ahem. He never finished college. <sighs> I will take any time to roast, roast him. Victor Frankenstein. Anytime. Hopefully, Dr. Chase is a better person than both of those guys, because, my God. 
yeah, okay, Dr. Jekyll wasn't, he, he was okay. He just, like, um, what lived in Victorian times. He, he, it, it was Victorian times, and he really just, like, wanted to, like, let off a little bit of steam, and then it went a little okay, bit too far. but him letting off a little bit of steam involved murders. Eventually it so- did. Eventually he just couldn't stop himself. I I I think he was probably a little bit of an asshole to start out he, with. He was, he was probably a, he was probably a little bit of an asshole, but I'm also just gonna blame it on Victorian times for being so like, <laughs> no, you have to be so prim and proper, and you cannot let out your inhibitions at all. I don't know what <laughs> or at I'm doing. At least your right inhibitions now. feel the rain on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> at Mr. Hyde, God. Okay, <laughs> enough of that. Let's. <laughs> All right. So, listen, I didn't want to I didn't want to talk about the death, but like we got to talk about it. It's happening. We're doing this, man. We're making this happen. Zoe's like not glowing as much anymore. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um it's interesting here because we start off with like we don't have any ambrosia or nectar. Yeah. And then Percy's like it wouldn't work anyways because her sp- I this the description is weird because he's like uh her spirit is broken because uh her dad hit her and it's like a whole thing or something. I and it's okay. like Okay, so yeah, they don't have ambrosia or nectar. No regular medicine would help, but like ambrosia or nectar would help. Mhm. But uh, well, I don't see if we explicitly say that ambrosia or nectar would have fixed this, then that feels really fucked up. Like, that- Listen. Like, we- we- it's- it's interesting because it's hard to have stakes when ambrosia and nectar are so effective. Yeah. Then it's hard to make a scene like this, and so you have to explicitly say, oh, they just don't have the healing items that magically fix you. But, like- mm. Okay, so, like- But I feel like it's saying here that, like, Atlas's fury had broken her inside. Like, Percy is saying- uh, I, I knew it wasn't just the poison that was killing her. And so it's like, she's dying because her spirit is broken. And I don't know I that don't I like that, that explanation I either. I don't think that's what you, what it means. I think it's more that like his fury as in like, he broke her body and like the poison is also like breaking her from the inside a little bit too. But if that's what's going on, then you could just heal her. And I don't like that. And I feel like... Uh, it was trying to avoid that a little bit. I don't know. I also I don't know. just I also just think that like she's done. Like we we already talked about how she was grooming Bianca to replace her. Mm-hmm. She wanted well, to step down. Well, she didn't want to step down. She knew from the beginning she was going to die on this quest as soon as she heard the prophecy. I I think from So like, that's why she was grooming Bianca. I think from the beginning of like the book, like when Bianca like mm. came in, she was like, "Huh, this girl has promise. Maybe I can retire." Mm. And like and then she heard the prophecy, she's like, "Oh, I'm not retiring. I'm dying." Okay. Um and then she accepted <laughs> that instead. Right. Um, I feel like her having accepted her death beforehand is a is also a part of what's going on here. Yeah. Like Which she- I also sort of don't like because that's like weirdly like suicidal tendency type thing, and that's like She <laughs> She is old. Okay. She uh- is very old. Yes. There's also that. Like, Zoe is both a young girl and an incredibly ancient being for like someone who began as a mortal. Like I want to compare this to like when you are like a dying person maybe and you want like <laughs> uh, assisted suicide like euthanasia or something. Like maybe <laughs> no. Not exactly, but I see where you're coming from. <laughs> like 
I'm just saying, she is how fucking old? Like a couple thousand years at this point? If right. not more? And so you can't honestly, like, that kind of thing doesn't actually have a comparison exactly, it to, like, a real human being and a real human lifespan. When you're, like, over a few millennia old, you can be like, all right, it's my time. But when you are also a relatable character who could have gone and living and also a small girl, it does like there there is a certain amount there's, of relatability that makes that kind of thing awkward at the same time. There's so like, I feel like, much I don't know, it's, it, it's interesting. And I don't know that I necessarily like how it was handled, but it is a very affecting scene. I'm just overthinking it. Um. Yeah, I do off again, I do often forget that like Zoe is like, she does appear like a child because I always just think of her as being hmm. like a fucking grown adult, like, like an old lady and at see, this point. I don't. Like, she's certain, I feel like she is affected by her form. Like, I feel like she is a peer with the other heroes on the quest. Like, even with being as ancient as she is, I don't think that she seems like an adult hurting around a bunch of t- teenagers. Uh, I feel like she seems more like she's one of them. She at least tries to be like an adult whenever she talks Shakespearean for no apparent reason. <laughs> I I think that that's legitimately just that that's like the dialect she's comfortable with. No, but I, I know that you, I know, I know. I think she just wants to sound cool because she doesn't <laughs> use it all the fucking time. Only sometimes. <laughs> so it's like she's forgetting well, to do it all the time. <laughs> maybe she's just very um generally informal and so using you still feels awkward to her cuz she's like that's really formal. I'm not going to talk to a bunch of kids um she's, like they were my betters. <laughs> she's using the to Artemis. Okay. Well, they're close. Uh, they're <laughs> close personal friends. Um. <laughs> Listen, I still have my my Zoe Artemis kind of ship personally. <laughs> I think there was a, maybe maybe it was one sided that Zoe like kind of had a thing for Artemis, but just saying. Um, I'm not saying that this is healthy. But I do think that there is um, inherent romanticism in devoting your life to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to a person or a god or you know you know I I like that in my fiction I think it's interesting you but, know being a nice so I I could give you a little one sided like. I, I don't think that that's all it would be. I would, like, I, you know how I mix my relationships. You know how I think that's interesting. I'm but. just <laughs> thinking of it as, like, a rose and pearl situation, if you know Steven Universe. Mm, yes. Like, I devoted my life and to see, you, and also I kind of uh, am in love with you. Um, I'm your knight. I'm going to sacrifice my life for you if I have to. That is very interesting. And I would... I would say, like, something very similar, but with toned down romantic feelings. Like, something that you wouldn't ever expect to be reciprocated. More just like, uh... Yeah. Like an undertone. <laughs> that's I, that's you where know I'm I, 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 can, I can understand that. I don't think Zoe would ever expect Artemis to reciprocate that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Anyway, that's my crack right. ship. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So Percy asks Artemis to help heal, uh, and she says, I will try, which, like, I appreciate of her. But she also explains to him beforehand, like, um, if the fates will the string to be cut, there is little I can do. So, like, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm fine with that. Um, so Zoe's final, her final business here. The fact that she's- the Artemis is specifically like, I can try to heal the poison. Yes. But like, um, also okay. her body so, is broken. So your thought is more like, 
the the final blow that hit her um uh did so much internal damage that like is not something that can necessarily be healed and that's the big issue but but then <clears throat> narratively what's the point of the poison at that point you know what i mean is that she wasn't even at her fucking fully best in that fight and that if she was at her fully best she probably could have taken out <laughs> her father you think so okay, i, th- I okay. think sh- i think she could have killed him by herself if she'd been at her best <clears throat> But I can accept that as an interpretation. That would not be my personal interpretation, but I like it. Yeah. Um, Rick just really had to nerf her just a little bit so that <laughs> she couldn't make it out of that fight. He had to be like, she's too powerful. Just going to nerf her a little bit and then kill her. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. Really is. His poor OC. Mm. Yeah, he's like, I made a Mary Sue. She's too perfect. I have to get rid of her. Seriously. Send her off. And like, like, serious. I feel like we need to, we really need to come back to the like, Zoe Nightshade is Rick's OC do not steal. Because like, she, she the whole like. She's literally a constellation now. Like. <laughs> she, she got like the perfect like story and everything. <laughs> I think it's valid of him. I love her. <laughs> I love her too. It's just like, I'm going to insert this character, the, this awesome Mary Sue character into like Heracles' story. You know, like the most um, well-known Greek hero to have ever lived. Um, and then be like, you know, she no was written out in the mythology because she was too Because badass. Heracles sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she dies in battle so heroically, and she gets to be a constellation like only the coolest of heroes, Perseus. <laughs> you know? You know? I love it. I like it. Um, you know what? <clears throat> More people need to unashamedly have a great time with their cool SOCs. The world would be a better place. True. You, uh, you people out there. When we started. Love your OCs. Making cringe. Love your Mary Sue <laughs> characters. Like, like, write, write that Mary Sue fic. Just for you. It's, it's all for you. It's all good, happy times. Don't let anyone tell you that, you know, your stuff is. Cringe shit. is nothing. Uh, making cool shit is cool. Just do it. But also just like. Fucking make, slaps. Make fiction for you, you know? That makes you yeah. happy. If it makes you happy, then. For one thing, it's already served its purpose. For another thing, it's probably going to resonate with somebody else, too. Uh, exactly. When you make things, like, from the heart, then normally it that hits for somebody else. So don't worry about it. We're- don't worry about, like, the perceived quality. Some of the times you, you're like, damn, I just, like, scribbled out some shit. And then, like, the one person who needed it is like, oh, shit, I'm going to keep this in my life and computer forever. We're getting so deep here on this episode. When don't we? Also, what else are we going to talk about? It's like yeah. a pretty short one. Yeah. Um, okay. But also, we were all like, oh, it'll be short. No. <laughs> no. You know us. We're going to talk well, forever. Let's not, honestly, but this is how it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're about to get to, like, uh, what the were you best- about to say? We're about to get to, like, the best part. Um, first, Thalia and Zoe are having some vibes. Um, <laughs> Thalia being like, you were right about Luke, about heroes, men, everything. Yeah. And then Zoe's line. Fascinating. Not all men. Not all men. God. Percy, <laughs> Percy Jackson is the exception. Um, I would like to believe. And given that this was written by a man- <laughs> You know, uh, 
it it does at least have a different vibe than you know when guys are like when you're like uh <coughs> men suck and they do this and then some guy is like not all men because he felt it as a personal attack yeah i'm the the vibes are at least a little different but like god that sure is a phrase um this is i feel like this is before like the not all men phrase became yeah, a thing. yeah. like that's that's that is like an internet like uh forum kind of thing that where that came out of because that's where those kind of kind of conversations were had a lot of the time yeah um but yeah but so. yeah, Talia is super ready to uh, get on her man-hating. Yeah. And Zoe's like, nah. No. <laughs> guys are cool. No, yes. Thalia, get it. Become like the hot topic um, punk goth chick <laughs> who like hates men. We love it. We don't actually. No, I support um, her. I support her and her don't hatred. don't judge people for their gender. <laughs> no, no. You, can, you don't have to judge all people for their gender. Just men. Oh my god. <laughs> Leave men alone. Men are good. It is fine to be masculine. Don't let anybody tell you that masculinity is fucked up. It's fucked up to uh, embrace toxic masculinity, <clears throat> but you are allowed to embrace the good parts of masculinity. It's fine. I support you. <laughs> Bro, you know I'm being like so like fake about I know. this. I know. <laughs> But also, I spend too much time on Tumblr, and I'm like, y'all really need to let men know that they're cool and good. Once in a while, just like, just the the good men in your life, tell them that you love them, (laughs) and that also they can be vulnerable sometimes, too. Please, for the love of God, men, uh, you should receive emotional support. You should tell somebody <laughs> that you need emotional support when you do. H- hug your, hug your and bros. And if they don't listen, then that's fucked up. You d- deserve to be emotionally supported. Men, tell tell your bros you love them. Tell your bros you love them. Anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> s- boy tangenting. <clears throat> Anyways. So, um, so, God, Zoe. yeah, Percy really is the one good man, huh? Well, Great. it's because he has the sword and he rejected, like, everything that Hercules stands for. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'll take this, um, uh, lion's, lion skin thing without knowing the context of everything and being like, oh, hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like that guy because he was an asshole to you. I'm just gonna <laughs> give this away to go save the world. You know? And yeah. yeah, he doesn't need to be invulnerable. This hmm. really is the hmm. girl power book. And uh, we did symbolically reject <clears throat> all of toxic masculinity as represented by the hero Heracles. This book uh, <laughs> needs to be renamed hashtag feminism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so he carries the sword and, and, and he has her blessing, basically. Yeah. Uh, she, she holds Riptide for a second. It's whew. Are you gonna cry? She says that she's honored yeah. that he carries it. It's nice. They're friends. Hey, he made friends. And then they died. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but hey, guess what? He could always see her every night. Every night, yep. In the she's stars. up there. Uh not every night. Constellations are only up for a certain amount of time. <laughs> Shut up. She's also a magic constellation. <laughs> really? I bet the astronomers in Percy Jackson universe are like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> um, 
honestly, it's if if I had to guess <clears throat> how it would happen in universe, it's not like there's suddenly new stars. It's more like suddenly stars that already existed now have new meaning, and like uh, it makes them they like stand brighter. out through magic, and it's like a whole thing. Yeah, they- but like not actually brighter, like spiritually brighter. <laughs> When you look at them, but like, technically their lumens are the same, but when you look at them, it's different. No, no, like the the stars got brighter, like, like the light pollution just like stopped happening for, for in those specific spots. Okay, but then the astronomers would still be like, hey, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but also guess what? The astronomers in this universe can just be like that and like no one will care. <laughs> um, because um, the mist. Uh, since this is a short chapter and, uh, we were, uh, I, there was something that I've been thinking about with, like, the way that I talk about the mythology in this book and, like, specifically, like, the, the different things being true at the same time and, like, Mm -hmm. how that, like, works for me in a different way from you because I think that you are typically very literal and I am not necessarily, um, it's because I was raised Lutheran. Lutheran specifically. Lutheranism, uh, uh, they're all like, uh, this is bread and wine and body and blood at the same time. It's just both of those. Don't worry about it. And you're like, okay. Um, and they're like, you might have a hard time accepting that. It might bother you. And I'm like, no, I got it. That makes perfect sense to me. I'm fine. Um, (laughs) because I was raised in that religion. (laughs) And so... And so I'm just like, okay, I got it. Um, same with like the Holy Trinity. They're like, God is three people and also one person. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of thinking is a kind of thinking that I am used to because that's how I was raised. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to blame it on the Catholicism. I think that has nothing to do with it. I've just always been this way. Like, I've, I've just always been very, very literal. Mm-hmm. Like, it took me a long and time. And I've always been extremely wishy-washy, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Like, to, to give you an example, like, I someone would say like wicked um to say to show you how bostonian i am um <laughs> and i would think oh that means like evil and like no it means like wicked cool mm. uh yeah as a kid i was like sometimes confused by like idioms and stuff yeah but like if i'm used to them like if it's something that people would use a lot like then no issues but like um you know i i did have a little bit of that like stuff going over my head because i <laughs> Just, like, totally did not get yeah. what they were supposed to be getting at. But, like... Um, I still do that. When people make jokes at me, uh, it's it's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've noticed. Working as a cashier and a man, it's usually men who think that they are very funny. They... Hmm. <laughs> men who think that they're funny and are... You, you can't men scan something. Funny. So they're like, I guess it's free then. And you're like, sir. I've heard this like 50 sir, times Sir, I'm just today. trying to get through the fucking day. Like, I, I, I understand hearing like the same joke 50 times a day. Being like, well, you so, think you're like, original? Not, this so way? like... When they, like, jokingly, like, say some complaint or, or, like, would, you know, like, sarcastically, like, uh, be like, oh, I, I'll, I'll need this like this in something that's, like, clearly ridiculous. People are ridiculous when you are a cashier. They will be ridiculous to you. And so, like, if you are just, like, deadpan joking about something ridiculous, 
The cashier will not understand. They'll, they'll, they will stare at you dead-eyed and be like, okay, I'll go get the manager. Like, <laughs> at least that's how I would be. As I would take you 100% seriously and be like, okay, I'll try to do what I can for you, man. Like, <laughs> oh my God, bro. I wouldn't say it like that. I had a great customer service voice, but... <laughs> You you definitely seem like the type of person who has a good customer service voice. I believe it. Hi, how can I help you today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I had a good customer service voice because I always tried to make it a little naturalistic, a little welcoming. But also, uh, I would have to follow, like, mental scripts. And if you yeah. deviated oh, from same. my mental scripts, then I would just, like, freeze up. So that wasn't yeah. very good. But <laughs> That's a mood. Um, I will. Okay, a- this is too much yeah. tangenting, probably. I was I'm, just gonna say, I'm, done now. I'm also like uh, yeah, very literal with like, if someone says, I'll meet you in like an hour, like, uh, or like five minutes, mm-hmm. like, I will be very mm-hmm. literal with that time. I will mm-hmm. still be very literal with that. I hate it when people don't give you an actual time frame. Yeah. And you're like, I need to know when we're going to be done. I'm not saying that I want to be done right now. I'm saying you have to tell me so I can. St- a lot out my time mentally. It's important. Um, uh, yeah. So th- these are some of the reasons that uh, <laughs> we think that we're probably also autistic and not just ADHD. But <laughs> we are neurodivergent, folks. If y'all didn't know, we are indeed. <laughs> Let's get back to Percy Jackson, where everyone is yes. neurodivergent. Yeah, they are. Thank you, Rick. Canonical neurodivergence. You know what? As I feel like someone has someone made like the like divergent like like a meme of that, but like I'm neurodivergent. If someone hasn't, <laughs> like that needs to be a thing. You know? Mm. You know? Mm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh uh she's We a were star. finishing up Zoe's last rites. She died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She died, y'all. She turned into, like, silvery wisp of smoke, and uh, Artemis released her into the stars. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Um, also, it's interesting that, like, okay, because when Bianca died, we talked about, like, how they never found her body, and, like, maybe that's part of, because, um, that would be kind of grim to find the body of a young girl. Mm, we get to yeah. see Zoe's body, but then it does also disappear because of star magic. So, like, we're kind of in, in the middle there. <laughs> I'm with this one, may- maybe it, like that's just a thing that happens to hunters. Like maybe not they all not that they all become stars, but like that their bodies aren't left behind. I, I don't know. Don't think so because because uh, her body is here at first, and then Artemis uh, brings out the silvery wisp of smoke, and then after that, her body shimmers, yeah. which implies to me that she's becoming stars. I don't know if that's also, like, retconned at some point. Like, you, you know, not retconned, but, like, if somewhere in the canon of the Ryanverse we find out that they do, in fact, leave corpses. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming that they would, because she does leave a corpse originally, and then after Artemis seems to be making her into a star, un- into a constellation. Until I can read otherwise and slash remember otherwise, <laughs> I will assume it is Buffy rules, where the vampire Empires just disintegrate into <laughs> dust um, so that Buffy Don't didn't need to it. dig well, up graves every that's five That's what seconds. monsters do anyway, so. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's why right. actually she's a monster, and that's why she turned it to nothing. Anyway, so uh, Artemis is heading off to Olympus, but she says bye first. And what's interesting to me is that you know she says she tells Annabeth that she's brave. Um, and then she looks at Talia, and they just like uh meet eyes. Talia seems reluctant, uh, and then something seems to pass between them, and then she doesn't even say anything to her. It's interesting that they just like it almost feels like Talia gets like snubbed there. But apparently that amount of communication was, like, enough for them. Yeah, you know what? It's it's fine. They just, like, looked at each other and were like, yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, Charlie just on. did, like, a, a, the single nod that you do. <laughs> like, yep, the nod of understanding. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. The I- one where you kind of, like, lift your head instead of lowering it. You guys get it. Sometimes um. I do forget that this is not a visual medium. I know no one can see me, but I still do my <laughs> little mannerisms that I do. So, And normally it comes across, but I'm, I'm just doing a little narration so that people know the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Artemis, you did well for a man. I wanted to protest, but then I realized it was the first time she hadn't called me a boy. Aw, Percy's like 14 or 13 or some shit, and he's a man now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I just want to compare that to like, uh, what, what did, did Atlas say something like last chapter? Um, we, we, we talked about how he made fun of Artemis being a girl. Yeah, you fight well <laughs> for sure a did. girl. That's what he said. Girl like, power book. You know, we gotta. I know, it just. <laughs> It's the same, like, you know, cadence in my brain. We, you do well uh-huh. for uh, this gender. You know what? You are so right. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, sure, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, we talked about that so much last chapter, like, yeah. that specific line, because I kept, like, rambling. It's because it's the girl power book. It's as simple as that, guys. Hashtag girl power! <laughs> Okay, okay. I think we have a lot to unpack with the next line that Dr. Chase says. Um, <laughs> yeah, you think so? You think so? Just a little bit. Um, she was impressive, though I must say I still prefer Athena. Bro, bro. This is... I... I... I I'm angry at my DILF right now. Um... <laughs> she is 12. Okay, okay. Uh, <clears throat> you have to remember, Dr. Chase and Athena did not have sex. This you don't true. even know that there was anything romantically implicated there. Like, maybe he's just saying, like, as a goddess. Like, <laughs> I'm hoping he says that. I'm hoping that's the meaning that- there, because, bro, yeah. she is a 12-year-old. In a 12-year-old's yeah. body, at least. Yeah. You are so right, man. Um. So, like, my first instinct is to be like, protect Artemis. <laughs> Uh, but you are, you are correct in like, yes, him and Athena never bonked. So, um, they, they never (laughs) did the dirty. Uh, they were just platonic. They were besties. She probably helped him Um, with his homework. So yeah, I definitely think that it does read that way. Like that he's like talking about like goddess attractiveness, but I, I feel like that is not necessarily the way you would have to read the line and i don't know what the intention of the line was rick this is something you could have just cut this is something you should yeah well but i do think that like it's interesting an interesting look into dr chase especially if we do read it like uh like what he says is she was impressive uh Mm. and so thinking of like that as like meeting gods is like (laughs) kind of interesting you know that like the way that a mortal man feels when he's meeting his second goddess. <laughs> true, true. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. He is a little like bl- laissez-faire about it, which I think is also an interesting look into his character. Like just 
She was impressive, though I must say I prefer Athena. Just like, that's my girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I'm moving on. I'm also sad that, like, this chapter, um, like, I mean, I know we both knew it, but, like, because of this chapter, we know that, like, the Dr. Chase, um, Zoe, um, they can't be buds now because mm-hmm. she died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sad. Very sad. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I want a fanfic where, like, I don't know, the ghost of Zoe, like, goes and chats with Dr. Chase and their buds. <laughs> I want a fanfic where Dr. Chase goes back to his college and his uh colleagues at the college uh who do astronomy mm-hmm. are like, yes! hey, yo, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Good. And he's like, mm, I didn't think about that. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And then he and then Anyways. he says something like very weirdly wistful about like oh yeah she was like a great warrior I knew <laughs> like I don't know like and they're like bro what are you on about <laughs> you're so weird <laughs> oh my god okay um, I'm I'm back on the I love Doctor Chase train we're we're back on it. <laughs> Anyway, so we have more Pegasi because... Okay, actually, here we go. Here's a, another Barbie comparison for you. Artemis <laughs> just, like, pulled a cloud queen and sent them some more Pegasi to help them on their journey. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I, f- I feel like I've had a, a few different, like, Magic of Pegasus comparisons in this book. That's because Magic of per- Pegasus... That's because Magic of Pegasus is, like, one of the best ones, and so... Yeah. It's, it naturally comes up. And it's also very mythological in in the nature of the way that it's written. It's one of the um, original stories that is just, like, very solid and very good that Barbie did, you know? Yeah. 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 So they all get their own Pegasus, and it's great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dr. Chase. (laughs) Blackjack is so funny. Dr. Chase going off about, like, oh, I wonder how this, like, the the, the wingspan works with horses. It's so good. And then he's immediately like, if the British had these Pegasi and the cavalry charges in Crimea. And I'm like, Dr. Chase, you funny little man. This man, God, I want him. Okay. I, I, but I want him to go to like Camp Half-Blood and just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want him to do. Just like study like the mythology world. Okay. I also have to imagine that that's what his relationship with Artemis was like a lot of the time. That he you was mean just Athena? like- Hey, so what was this like, Athena? I, you know that I do that. I know. What, I don't know why I do that. They both start with A, that's why I do that. Yeah. Um, and they're both maiden goddesses. It's, it's the same as how I get Hermes and Apollo mixed up. Like, they live in a similar space of my brain. They're both twinks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Athena. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, I have to imagine that his relationship with Athena was just a lot of him being like, so what was this like? And her being like, well, um, <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> Like, I just... And also just, like, doing war strategy things. Oh. Oh. I actually... They're probably cute. I have so many questions about Dr. Chase now. Like, like, can he see through the mist? Like, did he know the entire time that she was Athena? When did we find that out, Yeah, because he saw the monsters and enough to shoot them. He sees the Pegasi. So you have to kind of assume so, right? Like, no one's, like, manipulating it right now. Maybe he's not clear, like, super clear-sighted, but, like, he can see a little bit, you know? Yeah, maybe if no one's, like, actively obscuring stuff. So, like, so, like, um, Rachel and Percy's mom can both see through the mist better than a half-blood. Maybe Dr. Chase is, like, on par with a half-blood. Hmm. Where, like... (laughs) 
You know what I mean? He's on par with a half-blood? Hmm. Uh, I don't know what you're insinuating. My, my theory was that he's a half-blood, um, but okay. I, I, I don't think he is. But, yeah. Oh, the Pegasi names. Porkpie uh, and Guido? Porkpie and... Yes. Hey, is Guido specifically Italian? Uh, do you want to check that? Yes, let me look that up. Because they do seem like they could also be mobsters. Uh, Guido, a man, especially an Italian-American, regarded as vain, aggressively masculine, and socially unsophisticated. Yeah, no, it's not just us. All of the Pegasi are explicitly mobsters. That's what's happening. (laughs) Rick did this on purpose. They are all mobsters. Yeah, like, it's in the writing. Like, the way that he's like, you need to trample into these guys, boss. Like Any of these goons? Like, calling them goons specifically? Yeah, no. The way that they talk is very, very much that. How you doing? The other two Pegasi spoke in my mind. Like, this is what's happening. Ah, I love it. I'm glad we could help some of our guests see the light. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. Now, now I need, like, a crossover where, like, these Pegasi meet, um, um, fuck, Pe- Magic of Pegasus again. What, what's the sister's name? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Brietta. Uh, Brietta. Starts with the B. Brietta. Like, they meet Brietta and she's just like, what is happening here? <laughs> They're like, why ain't you talking like a mobster okay. too, bro? Actually, imagine that in Barbie Magic of Pegasus, I'm sorry, Percy Jackson fans, we'll get back to you in a second. Imagine <laughs> that in Barbie Magic of Pegasus, because the other Pegasi don't talk, it's just Brietta because she's a human, mm-hmm. but like no one speaks horse. So imagine that Brietta is just in there in the stables and the other horses are mobsters and they do talk like this. Is the cloud, is the cloud queen the mob boss? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glad we got that sorted out. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, Annabeth's dad, uh, he, uh, tells her to remember that they'll always have a home with, that she'll always have a home with them, and, uh, that even though San Francisco is a dangerous place, uh, they'll keep her safe. Yeah. And, uh, her, she, she leaves, but she's obviously, like, very emotionally touched by that. Yeah. And then, uh, so they go off on, each on a different Pegasi, because there's only three of them left. Only three of them left. I wonder if that's significant at all. Uh-huh. Huh? I see. You're Five right. Five went west and three are coming back. Indeed. Uh, we did do a little, a little replacement, a little swap out. But... Yeah, like, like, Grover went back by himself, but I'm saying, like, yeah. like, this is, like, the main quest people are coming yep. back, and it's only three people. So, hmm. Thalia sleeps on a Pegasus that is flying. Honestly, that's probably the best scenario for her at this point. Uh, it does mean that she is bone fucking tired but at least she's not freaking out the whole time yeah she's mentally and emotionally mentally emotionally physically all of the exhausted just everything she's (laughs) she's done she's been she's been manipulated she fought a lot and now she's like i'm gonna go have some demigod dreams um probably about how luke isn't dead (laughs) (laughs) all right so in this chapter we get the conversation that you and I kind of like overanalyzed, like when talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess like, I, fandom perceptions. I guess I kind of spoiled the fact that this conversation was going to happen, but like, mm. I 
I don't feel bad about it because you know what? It's 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 gonna kind of come up eventually, kind of thing. Lo- right. Rick well, doesn't leave the, like, the plot unless threads, you, you know? were you know unless you were worried about Annabeth like not being rescued. I don't think it's a spoiler, you know. Yeah, but like Rick is gonna have this as like a like a plot thread because like Percy met them, so of course they're gonna talk about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. What 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 is actively said here is uh, he says your dad seems cool. She says I guess so. We've been arguing for so many years though, and he says yeah. And she says you think I was lying about that? It sounded like a challenge, but a pretty half-hearted one. Like she was asking it of herself, which I think is fascinating, like incredibly so, because it's also like what I was talking about a lot of the time, like the the perception as a child that mm-hmm. changes as you get older, and also, like, realizing that, one, things may not have been exactly as you thought they were, and two, even when things were the way that you felt that they were, it's a more complicated situation. Yeah. Like, there's probably both of those things happening now that she's, like, having to rethink a lot of this stuff, and that's really hard. Like, her dealing with that and, like, having to uh, change your perspective on something yeah. is really fucking difficult. And so it's interesting to me that she is, you know, doing that work. Uh, I'm proud of her. Yeah. That she's, like, obviously trying to work through it. It's not necessarily um, that she thinks um, things, like, the, the stuff didn't happen before. It's just that she has to, mm-hmm. like, process the fact that, like, oh, they're changing. Like, people can change. Yeah. Yeah. People can change. Like, she's, and what, 14? She's got to, yeah, she's got to think and analyze it's hard. That. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, and Percy says, like, kind of the same thing uh, as his reply, uh, because he says, I didn't say you were lying. It's just that he seems okay, your stepmom too. Maybe they've gotten cooler since you saw them last. I don't think that Percy invalidates her there. Yeah. Um, I think that he is uh, trying to give her advice about what she should do in the future and like trying to help yeah. her repair that relationship because he thinks that it could be a good relationship for he's, her. He's just trying to support the fact that like, hey, your dad, like he not only gave us a ride, but he also like came in and tried to save you. <laughs> so like, he's kind of cool. He's okay. Yeah. He may not be perfect, but he's trying apparently. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, So we are still thinking about Annabeth's future. That's also a really interesting theme in this book because uh, Percy doesn't even really want to ask because he's still thinking about the hunters and that she might want to go with them. And like, um, I didn't even think about that know, right now, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was sort of hinted at in like some of the interactions that she just had with uh, Zoe and um, Artemis. Like, see, the problem here is that like the way that they talk to her is like an equal. Um, the the problem here is that Thalia has her whole like you are right about Luke and men and all that. And mm-hmm. Annabeth is doubling down. <laughs> she is doubling down on like you know what? I still believe in him. I still believe in men. <laughs> Yeah. So she can't yeah. be in the no men yeah. allowed group. Yeah, Talia has has just completely given up on Luke as a person whatsoever. He is now dead to her. On the contrary, uh Annabeth is saying that he is actually not dead. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. Um so so this comparison to the way that you knew that I wasn't dead, um again, we're going to bring up the 
the gray streaks and how that connects the three of them. Right. In that weird, like, way here. So, like, yeah. Annabeth and Percy are connected. Annabeth and Luke are connected. Luke and Percy are connected. Like, the three Mm -hmm. of them are all connected in this weird way. And it's sad because it also is a love triangle and Luke is creepy old. Um... Oh, Rick, why did you write him as 19 in book one? Why? Yeah, I I do wish that that had not been a thing. But I will say that up to this point, Annabeth is clearly very important to Luke. I wouldn't yeah. say that there's anything that explicitly implies that he returns her like romantic inclination at all. There, Yeah, so far <sighs> we don't have anything about that. We at least have that like so at least he cares I can about say her that much. as a person because of all that they went mm-hmm. through. So... <laughs> So far, and we're okay. You can't actually blame kids for having crushes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't. But you blame do have to be it. normal about it, <laughs> and not encourage it when kids have crushes. Uh, yeah, and on on people who are outside of their age range, which I don't know that Luke appropriately did, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I yeah. cannot yet accuse Luke of explicit pedophilia. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> so I'm just at with least there's that. I'm just with Percy in the line that, like, that comparison didn't make me too happy. I'm just, I sit with him there. So let's move on to... Okay. So, uh, so, uh, I want to wrap up soon, but what I really, really, really want to talk about um, is Percy's feelings about that he doesn't like the idea of uh, Luke still being okay mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah, he yeah. feels like Luke deserved it. And how is it, how can it be a just and fair world if Luke is still alive when Bianca and Zoe did not deserve to die, but they're still dead? And I'm like, oh, that is so interesting. You, I love flawed protagonists. I love it when heroes like, are allowed to be flawed like, because that's a flawed way of thinking. The world isn't fair. It's again, so Percy's thing is personal loyalty loyalty um absolutely i i I don't think they've technically said it in the text yet but i don't care um like (laughs) like his thing is to his friends his he is his flaw Mm -hmm. is that he's loyal to his friends the people who have meant things to him luke was a traitor to him he was his friend Mm -hmm. but he stabbed him like literally a few times at this point so Percy can hold a grudge very, very specifically. Once you get on Percy's like actual bad side, it's hard to come back. You can come back. Percy is a very empathetic person. Yeah. When he sees other people hurting, he empathizes with them. Like, um, Zoe's been mean to him like a lot of this book and mm-hmm. he definitely considers her a friend. Absolutely. So, yeah. It. But, um, but... When you get on his bad side, you know what? That's what you are. That makes you a bad guy. It's, it's the Gabe. It's also Luke, like those are irredeemable people to him at this point. Sorry, go ahead. It's the problem because Luke did stuff bad to his friends. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Luke was mean to Percy's friends. Gabe was mean to Percy's mom. That's why mm-hmm. Percy's like, nope. Yeah, when he realized that Gabe was actively hitting his mom, that's when he was like, he, oh, you like, deserve to die, man. He was like, this is, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, like if you want your your dark Percy AUs, because I know people in the fandom like that shit, um, I don't love it, but that's where you can go with it, is that when, mm-hmm. when you hurt Percy's friends, he will fuck you up. Legit. Yeah. He doesn't forgive easy. And he he's an angry person a lot of the time. But again, that is... That's what he even says here, that the idea that Luke is still alive makes him 
angry. Yeah. And uh, I I think that that's an entirely valid way to feel and also a flawed way to think. You know, he's he and I think, a great and protagonist. And I, I love having a complicated protagonist. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But I still think he's a Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> I will die on that hill. I will die on Half-Blood Hill. That is, I think that's just going to be my thing now. I think I need um, a t-shirt that says, I will die on Half-Blood Hill. Heck yeah, bro. I love that. <laughs> and it's just going to have a tree. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the end of the chapter, basically. This feels less like a stance and more like a prophecy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'd worry about that, actually. <laughs> well, you know what? The gods have cursed this podcast. So when I when I finally <laughs> sure find Half Blood Hill, um, I guess that's where they'll kill me. So, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the chapter. Heck yeah! Let's do plugs. Well, this this episode is still longer than it should be. It, sh- it is, but guess what? I. I already did my plug earlier in the episode. I'm going to keep that as, like, my legit plug because I had nothing. Yeah, so go watch the, um, I believe it's just called, like, The Zodiac on Overly Sarcastic Productions channel I should rewatch that. It was a good one. It's a, it's like a 20-minute long, um... Yeah, it, a video. It's it's a it's a pretty good one. Um, it's it's got the the whole Mesopotamians and then the Greeks and a lot of making fun of how the Greeks were just like ah uh, sure I guess we'll have this thing, um and not <laughs> explaining the goatfish like yeah like we don't have a goatfish but it's clearly a goatfish so we'll just so keep I that guess it's, don't worry about it I guess it's maybe Pan it. and he like <laughs> transformed and had some like fish tails when he was trying to escape this. Uh, uh, this big monster or something it doesn't matter and then like those people on the internet tried to make a fake myth about it um yeah it's great <laughs> and also they made some really good merch of like the constellation in um red's art style i love it it's very good uh yeah ray you go what's your plug what media my plug consumed? is um okay <clears throat> well let me let me tell you the story you know how i talk about malevolent i've talked oh about malevolent at least twice on this podcast oh boy um so malevolent takes place in the well or it uses the lovecraft mythos um you know that guy oh um, great so like yeah. <laughs> all that eldritch horror stuff which i like i know didn't actually realize because i don't know lovecraft mythos but looking up like the main antagonist of the thing uh spoilers for malevolent i guess like sort of but um the king in yellow is a guy in it and i was looking him up and i was like wait is that like a a guy like outside of this yes he has like at least one movie i think probably two anyways <laughs> um it was a, a book of some short stories written by robert chambers called the king yellow it's right. uh yeah in the short stories there's a play and when people read it it makes them uh have a, a bad times and insanity yeah. and some stuff that's pretty standard yeah. for Lovecraft, so. But it's not Lovecraft. It's Robert Chambers. And then Lovecraft was like, oh, I'll take your OC and I will incorporate him. <laughs> uh, anyways, and now he's in all of the, like, Call of Cthulhu and shit. He has a wiki, the King of Yellow. I, I just, I can't believe this. I'm, I, okay, my, my brain is now, for some reason, imagining him as the man in the yellow hat. Um, but like with like, <laughs> but like with Cthulhu face. Um, I, just, I can't explain that. But That's as valid of an interpretation but, but were, as any. You just say the King in Yellow, and my brain's just like, oh yeah, it's like him, but like make it Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> close enough. Um, anyways. <sighs> 
I swear I'm leading to somewhere. And where I'm leading to is that I wanted to read those short stories to, like, uh, know the lore and whatnot. Um, but I didn't actually want to because I was, like, reading old things is boring sometimes. Uh, I'm mood. <laughs> so I was like, can I listen to it? And I went to my library. Not my actual library physically. I went to my library app and it said no. Uh, I, Rude. I, I requested that they get it, but but they haven't yet. Um so I went to the the next place where I look for things to listen to, which is Spotify. Uh, and I looked for it, and I did find it. Uh, my 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 actual plug, all of that buildup was to get to the Weird Tales podcast, uh, where a gentleman <coughs> will read you some weird tales, uh, usually stuff in the public domain, uh, but like it's a lot of horror, a lot of really classic horror. Um, it looks like uh, during. October, at least. He updates every day, and he does a whole book. He did The Haunting of Hill House. He did Frankenstein this most recent October. Um, yeah, and he's got a lot of Lovecraft, a lot of interesting stuff. Oh, he did The Picture of Dorian Gray. He's a good reader. Um, and also, uh, if you are worried that people who enjoy Lovecraft are maybe sus, hmm. uh, he starts off every episode by reminding you that uh, you are welcome here, regardless of race, gender, or sexuality. And he's we stand. Like very aggressively leftist at the we end of every episode. Stan. We do stand. So, like, I'm, I'm like, uh, you're doing the Lord's work. Thank you Truly. for my life. And now I've gotten through uh, three of the five uh, short stories about the King in Yellow, thanks to this one gentleman. Thank you for your service, so, my dude. Like, that's... So, yeah. Uh, if you've got any spooky things that you wanted to get into, but you can't be bothered to, like, find them and or read them physically, uh, he might have it. I'd say check it out on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's the Weird Tales podcast. Good shit. Um, uh, I, I didn't want to interrupt your, your whole spiel there, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, not the man in yellow, but Overly Sarcastic Productions has a video <laughs> on Lovecraft. Excellent. It's it's a, it's assorted things. It's not it's not all of the things, but it's it's a, a few assorted uh, short right. stories that they. The only covered. Lovecraft story that I like actually know or like like recognize by name and whatnot is um the the Innsmouth one with the fish, fish people. people. I know that one. And it's probably because it's in that video and in, like, a couple yeah. of other YouTube videos that I've seen. Like, I've actually internalized that one. I've never read it. Yeah. But I know what happens in Innsmouth. <laughs> yeah. God. I just I just loved everything about that video and, and how... <laughs> God, was it... Is it there's, there's just... There's just so much to unpack with Lovecraft. And just there's so, so many good <laughs> good memes in that video about making fun of Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> The sad thing is that... Um, from what I hear, he really did, like, renounce his old beliefs by the end of his life. It seems to have, like, mm. turned out to be, like, a generally alright dude. And then he died, like, after a couple of years and didn't really get to do much more work. And so, like, he's only remembered for his works that are, like, kind of incredibly racist. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So that is a real shame. Well, you know, it happens. Um, I have nothing more to say <laughs> about that. Uh, That's all. Yeah, so, um, Ray, get get out of my fucking cabin, because I guess I'm gonna go turn into a constellation? I, um, um, I wish you wouldn't do that either. 
You don't want me to die and turn into a constellation? No, I'd be so sad. Fine, you can join me. We can we can go up and like get our constellation prize. Um I'll kill you myself. <laughs> <laughs> the the constellation is actually uh me chasing you because you set up on That's how we end up in the stars. You can find this podcast socials at of the eldest gods pod on Instagram and at of the eldest gods on Twitter. You can send an iris message to us through of the eldest gods pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, join us at patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, where you'll be able to chat with us and other listeners about episodes and anything Percy Jackson related. Our $5 Patreon tier also gets you access to Against All Odds, our monthly bonus show. There, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which usually have something to do with mythology. Uh, no promises. You can check out our merch store on TeePublic to find custom designs made by Charlie. Or, if you cannot or do not want to support us financially, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, or letting your friends and followers know how much you love the podcast. That really helps. You can find me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay, spelled R-A-Y-E, on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out Barbie Movie Slap, a podcast where my co-host Ted and I discuss Barbie's cinematic universe. You can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter, I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. I also have an art Instagram that I sometimes use at GreenPixieDraws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, CharlieMack, that's M-A-C-K. And I also have another podcast on the network called Fandoms Gone Wrong, where my mom and I talk about movies, TV shows, books, whatever other fandoms we enjoy. You can find that on all the major podcasting apps. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I is in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Eldest Gods is proud to be a part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of the Avatar The Last Airbender series, the Cabbage Cart Guy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod.
cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Elf the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Love that. Now that you coughed, I feel like I should cough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even having a bad cough day. Like, this is, like, the best I've been so far. Oh, good. Hopefully you're gonna get over it soon then. Unlike me. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Bro, you you got sick in August. Yep. (laughs) You should be better. You should be fine. Tell that to my lungs. (laughs) Raise lungs. Get better. Thank you. I'll I'll pass that along. (laughs) Uh... Dave X Media.